from across all corners of our fair planet Earth. Welcome to the Gaming Cult Podcast. Worldwide opinions on obscure and up-to-date gaming talk culture and decree for today and yesteryear. You love it, my boy. My boy! Hello everybody and welcome to episode 3 of the Gaming Cult Podcast. I am your host Jake from sunny Sydney, Australia. Joining me is my co-host from the coldest reaches of Scandinavia, Martin. Indeed. Martin, Martin how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Excellent, excellent. And you know, I've got, I've got to say before we start, or right at the start of the show... Uh, a big, big thank you to all our subscribers so far. It seems to have, the podcast seems to have really picked up since we got legit on iTunes. Um, we're very happy about that, and thank you to all our new subscribers. I hope you'll stick around for uh, many musings on cult games for you and me, Martin. So how? So what's been going on, man? How have you been? Yeah, I've been pretty good. Um, been a bit hectic as of late, um, but I've tried to. Uh, well, uh, trying to dedicate most of my free time in playing uh, games, uh, namely uh, Zelda Skyward Sword, actually, and uh, trying to finish that game. Oh, you're sort of at the tail end of it, I. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I remember, like in the first episode we did of this, uh, I um, went out saying that I thought it was like uh, f- pretty much flawless in a way, I guess, and. Mm. Um, I kind of had to take back that statement because I found out there is a couple of the, uh, well, segments and moments in the game that have uh, made me quite pissed, to be honest with you. Really? So no longer the yeah. the third best game Zelda game ever. It is. It is still. Uh, however, there are a couple of flaws that uh, have caught my attention when I uh, actually play the game as much as I have during this last week. In fact. Right. Anything in particular, or just just well, little, little things like control, or just story points that you'd rather not give out as uh, spoilers? Yeah, some story points, um, but also the controller is a huge. Um, well, I don't know. They, I personally think that they launched that um, motion plus uh, technique way too early. It feels like it's unfinished, and you have to like recalibrate the controller all the time in able to in order to play the game, which kind of sucks. You would have think that they'd have some time to tweak it between when they actually released it as an add-on for the original Wiimote and yeah, the actual but, standalone controller that they released maybe six months later. That's that's quite yeah, bizarre. because I think it's from like what two thousand and nine or something like that. Yeah, and how many, you know, how many titles have taken advantage of it? I can seven, count. actually. Yeah, really, there's seven. I thought I could only count them on one hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's seven. I actually checked it up on uh, Wikipedia not too long ago. <laughs> okay, well, okay, I'm gonna play a game here. Listeners out there, let me see if you can play along. Let's try and uh, name out the um, the games that use Wii Motion Plus. The ones I can think of off the top of my head are um, Wii Sports Resort, yep. uh, Wii Party, um, Red Steel 2, and yep. Zel- Zelda Skyward Sword, and uh, you know what, there's there's a European-only released game called uh, called Spray that I saw just recently in the bargain bins. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, oh, that's that's 10 bucks, I might pick that up, and then I looked at it, I looked at Meta Metacritic Reviews, which I'm not, I don't usually do, but it was so unanimously bad, or <laughs> sub, you know, just below medium that I thought, okay, no, I'm not even going to bother. So yeah, there's that game. And uh, so what am I missing out of that list? Um, Spray's an action adventure or something, by the way. Yeah, probably. Uh, I can't think of the uh, other two, but if I recall correctly, they uh, were like mediocre uh well, I guess third-party games, whatever you mm. want to call them, that haven't really gotten any attention, and I think... Uh, Chicken uh, Shoot Deluxe? Yeah, something like that, you know. Chicken Mania? Yeah. Chacken? That's the, um, that's like the, the shoot 'em up version of Chicken Shoot. Yeah. It's, they just call it Chacken. <laughs> 
<sighs> so I've uh, I've gotten some rather lovely things lately. Yesterday, um, yesterday to my door, I finally got for the first time in about five years a Dreamcast. Excellent. Yeah, no, it's about bloody time. Yeah, uh, it feels good to ha- feels good to have a Dreamcast again. Feels good, man. Um, yeah. It's uh, it just came loose with a controller, but it's it's been refurbished, cleaned up with a new laser put in, and oh, that's nice. new, new internal ribbons and everything, or whatever you call them. And yeah, usually getting all those parts, you know, buying them and getting someone to fit them if you can't do it yourself, that ends up costing you about sixty bucks. Yeah. Uh, but I got I got the the Dreamcast totally refurbished and everything. Uh, to my door for about just over a hundred bucks, I think. So you know, it's it's a little bit more than I was willing to spend, but it's better than spending sixty bucks on a secondhand console that has a laser that's going to you know conk out yeah, after about a year. Probably, yeah, exactly. Probably die after a year or so. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I remember checking out like lasers for the uh, Dreamcast at some point because I noticed that my laser is getting a bit lazy. Um, a lazy laser. Yeah, exactly. Um, and if I recall correctly, they were quite expensive. So I, I think you got yourself a pretty good dealer. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. You know, I, I remember. Actually, I remember the last Dreamcast I had from. Oh god, it's, it, honestly, it's probably been about six years since I've had a Dreamcast. Yeah. And uh, the last one, occasionally, the laser would sort of time out, so to yeah. say. Um, it would, you know, it would do its dance and we go. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As anyone who knows owns a Dreamcast will know that it has the la- uh, the loudest internals of uh, any console. Of, any much. console that I can think of. Maybe the original Xbox getting close to it, but you know. Yeah, and even this slim one actually is a bit loud too. But the Dreamcast tops it. I mean, it's. I was. Um, I have to say though, it is it, to me aesthetically, it is the sexiest looking console. It wins that award it hands down. It is with a with a with the Neo Geo AES and a close second in my books. Of course, just the, just the contours and everything about it. Uh, it's you know it's it's weight for its small size and it's everything about it is just it's a perfect looking console to me. Yeah, and I'm still in kind of impressed how they were able to uh, get everything into that small box all in all. I mean it's right. a it's a powerhouse and it was way before its time even. Oh absolutely. You know I remember I remember seeing tech demos for it in stores uh, back in 1998 or 90, yeah. early 99 or something and uh, just being blown blown away like Wow! Look how fast it is. That's the thing. Yeah. That's that's the feeling that you get from Sega games in general, but especially with the Dreamcast. Yeah, it's just the constant, you know, sixty frames per second frame rate, and yeah, uh, just just fluid fluidity of it all, and you know, sort of non-realistic, but just really sort of hi- sort of hyper controls. That's the only yeah. way I can really describe it. You know what? You know what I mean when I'm talking about. Yeah. Sega, that Sega feeling. Definitely. So I got that one. I'm still. Uh, I had to order a uh, a VMU memory unit separately, unfortunately. Uh, so I'm waiting for that in the mail. That I was hoping that would come sort of the same day, but it didn't. But uh, so uh, you know, I've <laughs> I, I've been sort of torturing myself with my copy of Shenmue that I got a while ago, just sort of going through the passport disc, <laughs> <laughs> looking at all the promotional videos and. You know, you you watch a you watch a five minute video of Chai explaining the QTE sequences. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember. <laughs> when you see the soccer ball come towards you, press the X button. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's it's pretty amusing. And then you have like Rio's love interest explain how the menus work. Yeah, and like, but I uh, think I think there was Somis and uh, like Landy is in there as well. Yeah, explain yeah, exactly. the stuff. Yeah, it's kind of hilarious. <laughs> you, you, and you've got the um, you've got the the American guy that that runs the uh, what is it, the hot dog stand or yeah, whatever. Tom. It is. Yeah, Tom. Tom yeah. yeah, he's 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 explaining to you uh, how money works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With uh, 
and <laughs> there's just some very slight undertones of racism there with how they how they make his mouth how they, how they made his mouth model move and everything and yeah <laughs> it's, 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 it's i mean it's, it's just stereotypical in a way he's a black yeah. guy and actually i i think he's supposed to be jamaican in the um well uh, english speaking version yeah 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 but, but it's it's funny. I was watching. Uh, I was watching some beta. I was going nuts with the Shenmue videos yesterday. I was on a real Shenmue kick, and I'm ready to play that game again. I was watching all these uh, all this beta footage videos that I could find on YouTube from and, the uh, uh, Saturn version. Oh well, yeah, that's actually really interesting. If you, if you yeah, didn't know, uh, listeners, they uh, they Shenmue was in development for so long, and uh, yeah. you know it took up well the the stated the stated amount. Uh, of production for um, that Sony, uh, Sega stated was uh, seventy million dollars, which is actually not the case. It, according to Yu Suzuki, who said in an interview last year, it was actually forty-seven million, which is still yeah. a lot for that time, you know. Oh, uh, definitely. That's just and that was just for the first game. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, they they were developing it back in the the Saturn era, and that was a, that was a notoriously hard. Um, uh, system Console to, pro- to program for. To program for. I mean, to this day, to my knowledge, there still doesn't exist uh, an emulator for the Sega Saturn. Exactly. But um, yeah, if you look on YouTube, uh, guys and girls, you'll find um, uh, some rare sort of beta footage on this of the Saturn version of uh, of Shenmue that obviously never made it, and it looks yeah. it's got a real sort of Virtua Fighter look to it. Definitely, but and it's th- a, it's it's amazing. You could you could really tell they were pushing that system to its absolute limit. Oh yeah, definitely. Of what it was capable it, to do. It would have been interesting to actually get your hands on a playable beta version of that um, game. Oh yeah, I mean I'm sure there's there's alpha builds that exists. It, it probably yeah, never probably. even made it. It probably never even made it to beta. Probably. I think that video is available on the um, passport disc as well, if I'm not mistaken. Oh yeah, I've just got to unlock it, have I? Yeah, Fair exactly. Enough. But yeah, because I, I didn't have a VMU, I couldn't start the game, so I was just looking through the passport disc and um, um, yeah, just, just tr- sort of desperately trying to go through every bit that I could and just sort of lamenting the loss of the actual passport service and the idea of being able to uh, I mean, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but is it right that I, c- I, ca- I can't trade the- for the rare items anymore through the passport disc? That's probably true. Um, if it has something to do with the, well, internet connection, you can bet on that it doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Well, I'm going uh, inve- to investigate that later, later and see if that's the case, see if, it, if uh, all those rare items are actually hosted on the disc. Yeah. Because that'd be good. Because I I, I want to collect. <laughs> One of the main reasons I'm I'm revisiting Shenmue is not for the fighting system. Uh, you know, it's for the story. It's for the weather. You know, it's for the whole sort of experience of it. Because I've played that a few times before. But Same this here. time around, I'm going to be collecting all the gashapon. I'm going to be collecting all the soft drinks. Everything. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's going to. Those are. Sorry, uh, Martin. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, re- revisited Yokosuka a couple of times. Uh, since I f- finished that game uh, for the first time back in like 2004, I think. Um, and I mean, even to this day, I still uh, hold it as one of the best games ever made. Oh yeah, no, I mean, it's it's in my top five, probably in yeah. my top three. It's 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 up there. It's that nothing has ever made me feel like that game felt when that first came no. out. When I first played it in the very early two thousands, maybe in two thousand two or so, and I would I, I I'm trying to think. I, I was I think I was unemployed at the time, and I would play that game for about twelve hours at a time, mm. and then I, I'd sort of walk out of out of the house I would be living in. And I, I, my brain would be still in Shenmue mode, and I'd feel like, and this was in sort of grimy East London at the time. Uh, <laughs> I, I'd feel like I was walking. I'd feel like I was still in the game. Like my whole being had sort of melded to, <laughs> to the play mechanics and and uh, everything, and just just the, uh, 
just the even the uh, Q, uh, QTE the ambiance. <laughs> no, well, no, that's the thing. Get hit by car. Press X to not get hit by car. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm still here today, people. So obviously that wasn't the case. So that's good. Exactly. <laughs> but no, I, I'm looking forward to playing that game again, and I'm gonna get all those Gashapon. So let's do yeah. it. Yeah, I'm actually currently trying to uh, get through the Japanese version of the first game. Uh, slowly progressing forward. Um, now, mostly, is that the, is that the most, USA version, or is that the no, original? No, nah, it's the original one. Um, right. um, the well, what, I, what I mean by that is, sorry, uh, is uh, there was a release in Japan called Shenmue USA. Yep. Now, can you tell the listeners what that particular release is about? Because I'm sure you'll know about more that about that one more than I will, actually. Probably. <laughs> um, yeah, it was some kind of a... Well, um, I guess you could call it a... Um, I don't know. Tr- uh, a tr- like um, a... Uh, it was a subbed version, wasn't it? Well, yeah. Um, it was actually considered as like an international version, as like the uh, Final Fantasy series. You know, uh, Square Enix put out always a, an international version of uh, each Final Fantasy game, where they um, have the yeah exactly where they have the um, English um, voiceovers with the Japanese text and usually a couple of bonuses and whatnot. Um, and Sega decided to do the same thing with uh, the first Chemo game. However, it wasn't uh, received very well in Japan, as far as I know. And I think only about 10,000 copies were actually distributed, and the rest, I have no idea what happened to. Wow. So it's, yeah. it's, rather, it's quite rare, then. Well, not really, um, but it is quite expensive. Uh, I don't think there's a huge demand for it. So, um, yeah. Right. I might actually pick that up one day. <laughs> yeah, same here. <laughs> to, to be honest, uh, uh, as usually as a, a personal rule of thumb, I usually prefer the uh, the Japanese voice actors. Yeah. As long as I have some English subs to go with it, then I'm all good. Yeah. Because my but, Japanese isn't that great. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, the um, Shemu USA is the exact opposite of that. It's the English um, voiceovers with Japanese text. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> see, that shows what I know. Well, yeah. okay, I can, I can see why that sold poorly then. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't think they were too keen on the um, English uh, voice casting. And let's not forget that the uh, the games didn't sell that very well in um, either US, Europe, or Japan. Well, not not in the uh, not in the ways of to actually recoup their costs. No, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I don't think they ever could have. I think uh, I've read somewhere that uh, every Dreamcast owner would have had to have bought two copies for them yeah. to have uh, made a profit on Shenmue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that game was a huge setback economically for Sega, and I think that that was one of the reasons that they uh, decided to withdraw from the hardware uh, well the home console business at least sure and you know from 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 Martin and I and all gamers around the world Sega if you're listening we thank you Please. We thank you for taking one for the team we thank you for getting those two games out and yeah um, Please. Mar- yeah please make Shamu 3 <laughs> yes or just co- complete the story in some way, whether it be like a book, movie, whatever. No, just no, finish has, the damn just, story. Just do the game. Third game has to happen. <laughs> it just has to. And, you know, and uh, Yu Suzuki, he was interviewed. He did a lot of uh, tours last year, actually. In yeah, 2011. I've, I've seen some. Wasn't it like the French uh, Shenmue site that interviewed him or something like that? That's right. That's right. And then there was a Spanish. Oh. There was a Spanish site that interviewed them. And um, uh, also in the U.S. as well, he had a panel, um, and I've watched all of those. And the the gist that I get is that he, um, Yu Suzuki, who now does no longer work for Sega, after oh God, how many years? Since 1983, I think he was. Yeah, something like that. Um, 82, you know, maybe. He still re- maintains a very good relationship with Sega, or yep. Sega, Sega, <laughs> as we call it here in uh, Australia. <laughs> um, um, and uh, yeah, the IP does belong to Sega still, but they would, 
uh, you Suzuki Suzuki-san says that they would be in the position to to sell or lease the IP to him, yeah. for him to be able to make a third Yakuza game. Uh, Yakuza, sorry, Shenmue game. <laughs> um, and that they would allow him to make a Shenmue game. So hopefully he can we can work from that. But I think Suzuki-san's just now seeing the outpouring, the real outpouring of fan appeal of how badly we want this game. Yeah. And, you know, we will buy it. It's it's not like Operation Rainfall, where you know everyone in North America is vying for all these uh, JRPGs to come out, and when it, when they when you guys actually end up getting the, um, uh, what do you call it, Xenoblade Chronicles, none of you end up bloody pre-ordering it. I'm sure no. the the, the, <laughs> the hardcore out you among there pre-ordered it day one, but you know Nintendo, you know, they took. They took they took a chance and you know they're just not getting the pre-orders and these are yeah. all the people that that signed these petitions and you know filled up pages and pages of forums and they're still not getting the numbers so guys no. you, pull, you, you wanted it now you've got it so pull your finger out and, and yeah exactly it. Shenmue I think it, there will be a scale of such you know it, it will sell it, it it just will sell it'll sell as much as a yakuza game i reckon yeah most likely and yeah. if it doesn't i'll definitely buy a couple of copies just to <laughs> show yes. my support to yeah, use Suzuki yeah. and his works Absolutely. i mean uh, what's that you're bringing out a collector's edition a special edition and a regular edition take yeah. my money please <laughs> sega yeah <laughs> shut up and take my money <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, yeah, I still need to work on my uh, Shenmue collection. Uh, I'm still missing the Shenmue USA, as we talked about earlier. How much does that usually run for? Uh, I can't remember, but I think around like sixty, seventy, eighty US dollars. Well, that's that's doable. Yeah, it's it's okay. I mean, but in compared to what the well standard Japanese version usually sells for, then. It's considered it's quite expensive, I think. Yeah, the um, I imagine there's quite a lot of uh, copies of the original Japanese version floating about, and you can get them quite cheap. Definitely. So um, you, were, you were saying before, Martin, you were playing the Japanese version with Shenmue. Yeah. How's, how's that going? I, like I said, it's progressing forward, but slowly. Um, mm. some, it's uh, partly because of the language barrier. Uh, pico 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 desca. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's. I mean, the game's not really um, directed to a um, well, uh, what do you call it? like a child audience per se. Mm. More like a I don't know adolescent adult audience. Sure. Well, no, it's, it's an all ages game, I reckon. Yeah, it might be, yeah. Uh, but still, it's um, quite heavy in kanji. And sure, they talk a lot, but I've, like I mentioned in an earlier episode, my... Uh, oh, you're just talking calligraphy-wise. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, no, we'll but my, my uh, Japanese is far from being fluent. I understand segments and some sentences, so yeah, I can like figure out what's going on, what they're saying, but not all of it, obviously. Mm. But, however, um, and I know I've discussed this uh, with you before, and um, that's, I, surely you remember the, um, like, the, uh, what do they call, like, the soda uh, machines, you know? Yes, in, absolutely. In Chema. Yeah, and uh, you probably know as well that in um, the Japanese version, they actually obtained license from Coca-Cola company to um, have the products in that game. Oh my god, so that's where all the production costs were going, <laughs> into, <laughs> into yeah. product, lic- product yeah. licensing. Yeah, exactly. Out, so out badly... Of those, <laughs> out of those 47 million, about 40 million went into Coca-Cola company. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they, so badly did they want the realism that they had to have, they had to have Coca-Cola, they had to have Calpis, they had to have everything, you know. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, those vending machines. Uh, there, there are actually cans of Fanta uh, and Coca Cola in them in the Japanese version. Whereas, as you know, in the English versions, there's some knockoff <laughs> product called like. What oh they call really? It? Yeah. Uh, I don't remember the name of the. Um, 
well, the made-up maker of the cola, but some obscure name. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> the Catholic Church is making some changes. Yeah. Buzzcola. <laughs> ah, so Shenmue. Soon yeah. I will have you again, and... Yeah, as soon as the VMU comes in the mail, I'll be playing that. I'll be getting yeah. amongst it. I won't be hearing from you from from the next two weeks, I reckon. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's right. Um, so, uh, well, I might as well uh, talk about some pickups here while we're still on the subject of what we're playing and so on. Well, well actually, no, Martin, please go first because I, I know your list won't be as long as mine at the moment. Um, I uh, doubt it, actually. Yeah, what ha uh, else have you been playing lately? Um, pickups as well. Pickups, please tell the people. Well, as far as pickups goes, um, I haven't picked up anything uh, since last time, sadly enough. But there's bound to be some changes in that uh, for the next episode, at least. So um, I'll <laughs> fill fill you in then. Got to get got it. Got to get into those start of year sales. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like like we said last episode, people are, you know retailers are just getting rid of DS games. They're getting rid of P PS2 games, Wii games. They just yeah, selling everything off super cheap. It's awesome. Yep. But as far as like what I've been playing lately, um, oh yeah, I, I've actually uh, revisited WarioWare for the Game Boy Advance. Ah, oh, awesome. Yeah, that's um, a great game. That's probably that's the first and possibly best in the series of WarioWare games. That's true, and actually, the first uh, Game Boy Advance game that I ever bought, along with the console when uh, that was released. I think that was also the same for me. Mm. But yeah, um, I um, downloaded it for the um, from the whatever it's called, like the Nintendo eShop or whatever, with the ambassador certificate. You know, yeah, um, I got that too. it's funny. Yeah. I've actually I've I've been replaying through that as well just recently. I just finished it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Skyward Sword and. Um, WarioWare, that's what I've been playing lately. Have you been uh, rimming lately? Um, well, not that much. Uh, not as much as I would have <laughs> liked to, but... <laughs> <laughs> that that sounded so one. wrong. <laughs> uh, back to you into a corner, I win. Yeah. <clears throat> Point one for Sydney. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, my, my 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 Skyrim's still sitting in its box, and I I don't know the the, the gaming PC that I said I was gonna get, uh, it's being held off for a while because I'm saving up for a nice pair of speakers for my stereo, which I'm halfway to getting. I'll probably have them uh, by next episode, I think, and they're they're really nice Australian-made brand called nice. Cricks, and uh, something I've been wanting for years and years and years and years and. Finally, I'm biting the bullet and just saving up for them, so that'll be nice. Excellent. Um, and um, yeah, so Sky, yeah, so I don't know. Uh, do I play Skyrim on my on my dual core laptop that can just sort of handle it, or do or do I wait a year to save up for a, a beast of a machine that can play it with the new? Uh, they just released a new uh, high res texture map. Uh, te texture mapping uh, DLC for it through Steam, so that's kind of cool. Mm, cool. But obviously, my uh, you have to have at least a quad core to run it. Yeah, of course. Um, but uh, yeah, so Skyrim's still sitting there, and it's big, lovely collector's edition box, like the PC games of yore. Uh, let me just uh, dig out my uh, my pickups. Now, right. it's not as ridiculously big a list as last time where we had the, Janu <laughs> the January sales and everything. Oh, yeah, but yeah. But I, I think since last time I have bought some kind of... W one particular uh, purchase that I bought was significant, and uh, I'm partially ashamed to admit it because it's cutting a corner, and I've been a Neo Geo collector for so long, but there's certain titles that, you know, if even if you want them on MVS or AES, it's going to cost you uh, thousands of dollars. So I went and got myself a 161 in one yellow card uh, uh -oh. for the MVS, which is great, you know, it means I can play all the ridiculously rare games, and it's got some unreleased prototypes on there as well. 
we'll so, get a lot of complaint mails from all the uh, diehard SNK fans. As and look, you right know, now I, when they're listening, I, I'm one of those people too. I promise you. You know, I I'll still be buying the occasional complete MVS kit and everything, and been trolling those Neo Geo forums for over ten years now. Never posted, <laughs> of course, but. Yeah, I've been one of those eternal lurkers, and I'm the, I'm the same on 4chan as well. Never posted on 4chan, just just in case, you know, just in case one day <laughs> the, 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 the shit just the, rains down on anyone yeah. who's posted on there. <laughs> uh, no, that's not why. Just I just I, I've been too lazy and just been an internal lurker on there. But yeah, yeah. pickups. Let's get to those pickups, people. Um, well, actually, what's at the top of my list here? Uh it might please you to know, Martin, uh, that I got myself a the, f- I got myself a freeloader for the GameCube. Mm, that's great. Which is uh, the European boot disc to be able to play uh, US and Japanese games. So, I, I actually think it's uh, region free, if I'm not mistaken, as well for uh, uh, American uh, consumers to. Well, uh, they would be able to play Japanese games as well uh, back okay. in the day. Because so. uh, on the front of the box it says for use on European consoles. So. Okay. Yeah, it might be a new version of some kind of, I don't know. It's yeah. been years since I had one. Possibly. I'm not going to be using it on my Wii though, because I know that's been sort of hacked. It's been sort of uh, programmed out of existence. Yeah, that on, happened on the quite early in the lifespan of the um, I, I think honestly about a month after it was after the freeloader disc was released uh, well, it was not, patched out of existence. Yeah, something like that. Uh, so I've got that and I'll be picking up Barton Kaitos Origins. Good. Under your explicit uh, recommendation. I, actually, well, you know, let's take a quite uh, a quick segment here if you don't mind, Martin. Please, sure. we've we talked we've talked about Barton Kaitos before. Yep. At least I think we have. You know, a really great uh, JRPG brought out by uh, Namco. Yep. Uh, before they formed with Namco Bandai, or just before yep. I think, uh, on the and it came out on the GameCube, yep. and it was really long, really great, uh, lots of amazing pre-rendered background scenes with a really uh, uh, a really unique um, battle system that involved cards. And it was real time as well. And it's you just go go look up on YouTube. Look up Baten Kaitos. It's spelled B A T E N K A I T O S. And look it up. You'll see how you know people either loved the game or hated it. I loved it personally. Uh, there was some bad voice acting in there, but I could stand it. There was a couple of labyrinth <laughs> parts. There was some oh, oblig- obligatory, infuriating labyrinth parts of the game. Which I didn't enjoy, but overall it was a really great experience. But please, Martin, tell uh, tell the people about uh, not the sequel, but the prequel to Barton Kaitos. I will. Um, let me just start from the beginning and uh, explaining why I decided to purchase Barton Kaitos, uh, the first game. Um, and that was during the time when I got more and more into. Uh, RPGs than before, and um, seeing how the GameCube lacked in that genre, as we all know, there weren't many uh, RPGs released for the GameCube. Um, no, barely a handful. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I decided to give that a go. Um, I think it was like a, I don't know, a, some sort of like special prize on it in some local store or whatever. So I figured, why not? So I picked it up, and um, well, uh, the first thing I noticed about the well, Baden Kaios does the first game was the horrible voice acting. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's only cert- I think it's only certain characters that have particularly bad voice acting. Yeah, I think there is more characters that have bad voice acting there than good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, the um, the music in the game is great, and the music is made by Motoi Sakuraba, uh, which works for Triace, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he also might be some sort of freelance uh, composer now, I, I'm right. not too sure. Uh, but anyway, he's an excellent uh, composer. Um, and I have been playing a couple of games that he had composed music uh, f- 
before uh, before I went on to play Baden Kaito's Origins. Um, now I'll, I'll I'll just interject there very quickly. I I love the Barton Kaitos soundtrack, with the exception to the main battle theme. Yeah, <laughs> with that really bad sort of the vocals in the background going "Fly on the Wind." Yeah, <laughs> you, if you've played the game out there, guys and girls, you'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah, definitely. You, 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 it, it, it ingrained itself into your brain. It's mm-hmm. but you still you still put up with it. It's like um. It's like the Persona Three Portable soundtrack when you when you go back to your house, and you've got that you've got that the main theme that plays there with the guy, the the really bad rap in the background going so so dance while I put you in the trance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With so someone rapping with a with with a very loose hold on the English language. Let's say. Oh. <laughs> As I was saying, however. Um... Well, to conclude my uh, story about the first game, I thought it was a good game. Uh, the story is really good, but I think the game was a bit slow. Um, you, you, you're progressing in the game really, really slow, which for me it takes away a couple of points uh, uh, if I was to review it, uh, I guess. It, it is drawn out, you know, it's, it's a 65 yeah. hour game. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I enjoyed it just because of the lushness of the pre-rendered backgrounds and music and everything, and it just had a great sort of ambience to it that I, I really appreciated that I could really get lost in. Definitely. Uh, it, it does have its drawbacks, but it's still it's still one of my favorite RPGs of all time. And it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's a, good, but it's a bit drawn out, as you said. Yeah. But, like I said, the... Um, the story in the game is just great, and that that's pretty much what kept me playing the game uh, until I actually managed to beat the game. So, of course, um, it shouldn't come as a surprise as, uh, why I picked up the uh, second one or the prequel, which is mm. Barton Kaito's Origins. And uh, I'm not sure if I've praised the game in like previous podcasts or whatever, but that is the best RPG for the GameCube period, and it never actually came out in PAL territories. It never came out in uh, Europe. Never came out in so- in South America. Never came out in uh, Australia or New Zealand. Nope, that's correct. It uh, it came out in Japan and it came out in North America, and that was it. Yeah, I think just about like two or three months before the Wii was launched, even in uh, the states. That game was released, um, so it was really late game in the lifespan of the uh, GameCube. One of the which, last, I think. Yeah, one of the last ones, and uh, along, with, along with Chibi Robo and a few other titles. Yeah. Yeah, Twilight Princess as well. Yeah. Um, which uh, is why the game. Well, one of the re- many reasons why the game. Uh, failed uh, like uh, sales wise I think um, but however the game is just excellent it's pretty much flawless in my opinion uh, the music's wow. better than the first game the story is even much better than the first game and you actually feel like you get some kind of connection with the characters they feel more, more alive than in the, the first Spartan characters game um, and the story goes from being well, kind of um, cheery to really moody and dark, and like so on and so forth, back and forth, you know. Um, yeah. So yeah, um, obviously I won't go into like any details regarding the story because then it would spoil the. Um, what's well, what's the what's the basic gist of it? Well, the basic gist. Um, like you'd, like, a, like you'd read on a blurb on the back of the game or something. Yeah. Because um, obviously character- it's, it's, it's not a game that a lot of people have heard of. No, or, probably or, or, not. Or, or, or at least bother to check out, because I, I've been wanting to buy it since it came out. But yeah. it was just a matter of importing the boot disc and then importing the game, which was, expe- which was expensive back then when it came out. Of course, of course. But now it's just, you know, it's very Yeah, they're, they're pretty much handing it out for free right now, I think just trying to get rid of the dead stock all the retailers are having on eBay, of course. 
Um, but yeah, um, like I said, it's a prequel to uh, Barton Kaitos. So you um, you pretty much get to see everything that happened before Barton Kaitos. Before, because as you know, you pretty much get thrown into the game, the first one. Yeah, absolutely. Very much so. Yeah. And um, you get some answers in uh, Baton Kaito's origins, uh, what really had happened before the, um, well, the first game. And as far as I know, they hired, like, really uh, talented voice actors for the English-speaking um, version, well, the dub. Uh, T.C. Carson being one of them, the, um, the guy that makes the voice for Kratos in God of War. Wow. He's, yeah, he's one of the main characters in the game. And along with it, there's probably a list out there where they list all the voice actors in the game because there's a lot of um, speaking in the game like, with real voices, of course, not just text. Yeah. Uh, which probably took up much data on the disc. Um, <laughs> so, well, it was, it was probably the localizing of that game that took so long that by the time they were finished with it they went oh, okay so we're at the end of the the life cycle of the gamecube now we didn't time that quite well oh well let's yeah. just put it out anyway because it'd, it'd be a lot of wasted resources if we didn't so it's it's you know it's it's a it's probably another Shen, it's a shenmue 2 kind of uh yeah somewhat situation. i think it was exactly i think it was released in japan and shenmue, shenmue 2 didn't even come out in north america <laughs> no well on, on the, xbox on the dreamcast but... Yeah, not the Dreamcast, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, I think the uh, uh, Barton Kaito's Origins was released in Japan in, like, early 2006, whereas it was released in late 2006 in uh, the U.S. So I think they they couldn't keep up with the time schedule or whatever. Um, sure. Well, there's a, lot of work that go there's a lot of work and effort that goes into localizing the game. Yeah, and especially... Especially that game, actually. Um, I don't know. You'll have to play for yourself to to know what I'm talking about. I guess it's it's really well made in all aspects. Absolutely. Well, I'm certainly going to prioritize it. I think I'm probably going to play it within a year. I think. Yeah, that's, what that's I'm, good. That's what I'm aiming for. With everything that I have to play, I'm going to try and play Barton Kaitos Origins within a year. Yeah. Oh, and I need to. Um, uh, make you aware of this as well as well as all the listeners out there who <laughs> for some reason try uh, decide to pick this game up uh, <laughs> based on my <laughs> explaining of the game um, there's a bug in the game a glitch oh and yeah and it it's like um, when you change it's a t two disc based game as the first one sure and um if you save on the first save spot on the second disc, and uh, I won't spoil too much, but there's a boss just like seconds away from that save point. And uh, if you use that save point, uh, you can't go back. So if you're too low uh, in skill level, um, you pretty much have to... <laughs> Uh, play through the entire uh, disc one again. Wow! So make <laughs> as uh, Rob, as uh, Al Lowe back in the Sierra days would say, and we have to make, we have to dedicate a, uh, we have to dedicate a show to Sierra at some time. Um, yeah. Save, <laughs> save now and save often. Yeah. Al Lowe used to say, <laughs> back in the but, old suit Larry games. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, but at least make the, the multiple exception. saves. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the exception this time being don't save on the first save spot on disc two. Right. Unless you feel like you want to play through a disc one again, of course. Well, it's some, certainly some, a big thing to keep in mind, so thank you for that, Martin. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you have it, people. Um, yeah, Barton Kaitos Origins on the GameCube. Uh, didn't come out in European territories at all. Only came out in Japan and... Um, US. And, uh, and uh, North America, yeah. I'm not sure if it came out in Canada or just the US or... or no, Canada, Canada as well. Okay, cool. Now, do you have the Japanese version of it? Uh, no, I don't. But I plan to pick that up eventually. Um, I actually had the first uh, game, the Japanese version. And uh, as you probably remember, it's like a, 
when they talk in the first game, it's like they have like a, a like a jar made of glass that is speaking to whenever they're speaking in the first game. <laughs> you you know what I'm talking about. I think I think so. Yeah, it's been a while yeah. since I've played it. Yeah, that's completely taken care of in the um, second game. Uh, so yeah, so the um, all the voices and everything are crystal clear, uh, which is good. But in the Japanese version of the first game, that um, that is present as well. The, the um, talking to the <laughs> jar made out of glass thing. <laughs> I don't know sure. what purpose it's supposed to uh, fill through, or, a to- uh, through a toilet roll tube. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Does it sound like I'm on old time radio? <laughs> So, um, yeah, on that note, now that I have this boot disc, listeners out there, or Martin, maybe if you could name a couple now, if there are any Japanese-exclusive uh, GameCube titles that weren't ported over um, that I should be aware of for my collection, mm. uh, please email us, gamingcultspodcast at gmail.com. That's gamingcultspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and now we also actually we also have a, fa- a Facebook page that you can like to us on and talk with us on that. And if, yeah, just look up on uh, Gaming Cult Podcast on uh, Facebook, and you can like us and so on. And yeah, you know, sh- share share our page around, share our iTunes link around. You know, we're all legit now, so uh, please, if you if you dig the podcast, please share it around. And we're very uh, we have to say a big thank you to all everyone out there who has subscribed so far and have been spreading the word about our podcast and. We're surprised with how popular it's become so quickly. So thank you Indeed. for that. Um, now back to the important issue here: my pickups. <laughs> uh, so what, what what did I get to so far? Oh yeah, the boot disc for the GameCube. Yeah. Big fucking whoop. Let's move on. Uh, um, uh, I used to have this title. It was it's uh, Mercury Meltdown Revolution on the Wii, and it's a really great uh, puzzle game where you play a sort of a, a fluid ball of mercury and you're moving around uh, these uh, mazes. And it, it controls really uniquely and it's uh, it's a European-made game. Uh, it's made by uh, uh, Ignition Entertainment, I think. Uh, either that or it's produced by them. Uh, from the U- So yeah, it's a UK-made game, so there you go. Uh, a really great game on the Wii. It's something you could probably pick up for five bucks or five euro or whatever. Um, yeah, definitely recommend it. Uh, I, uh, I got given as a very belated Xmas present from my, uh, from my brother, I got, uh, Kirby's Adventure Wii, which <laughs> I've been wanting to add my, to my collection, because uh, it's a game that came out here and, uh, with a very low print run. It, it, there is an Australian, uh, print of it, but it, it comes with a European and, uh, 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 European manual and disc. Actually, no. Sorry, there's a there's an Australian there's an Australian manual, but uh, it, 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 they they use a European disc, which they often do with uh, uh, games that have a low lower print run. They'll sort of just bring discs over from the from uh, Europe. But, Definitely. Uh, and let me let me fill in there real quick. Uh, speaking of low print runs, Tales of the Abyss for the Nintendo 3DS. Yeah. <laughs> That's all That's I have to say. Yeah, <laughs> you got you guys that are into the uh, RPGs and especially the Tales of series will know what I'm talking about when I say that. Yeah, <laughs> a game to a game to be able to come out and then a week later be selling for twice its value on eBay. Yeah, if not even third. Yeah, thrice. Yeah, <laughs> which shows that some people out there that just aren't getting out into their shops and just hunting around and. We we yeah. we did we didn't get an Australian print of that, but we we got basically a bunch of European copies shipped over with an Australian uh, rating sticker uh, slapped over it. That's but really did, cheap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's it, what ha- it's what happens in Australia and New Zealand a lot of the time, you know, yeah. because they just don't have the resources to make an Australian print of it. Yeah. Um, but I did pick that up when it came out, and you know, I, I I've heard that Namco Bandai are actually uh, in the European office. They are actually bringing out a second print run of it. Print yeah, run so I've heard. It. Have you managed to pick it up so far yet? Uh, not yet. Um, seeing as I haven't picked anything up, I mean, it's. Uh, I should have picked that up until next time, however, and uh, I can give you my opinions on that game then. Very good. 
so yeah, Kirby's Adventure, we really looking forward to playing this. Now, there's a bit of a story behind this game. I first saw footage for this game maybe back in 2001 or 2000. You and no, me both. Uh, yeah, 2001 or 2002. Now, this, this game was originally supposed... It was being developed for the GameCube. And uh, it got shelved. You know, I remember seeing E3 footage of it back way back in the day. And it got shelved. And yes, it is that game. This game is... Kirby's Adventure Wii was the original uh, Kirby game that was being developed for the GameCube. They shelved yeah. it, and then they brought it back out. Which I'm very glad that they did, because it looked awesome back in the day. And here it is. It's finally here, and it's come out right at the end of the Wii's lifespan. So not only not only was it <laughs> shelved during the middle of the GameCube's lifespan, but it's come out at the end of the Wii's lifespan. Where have you yeah. ever heard? I can't think of another example where something like that's happened. You know. Um, let me think real quick. Um, Duke Nukem Forever. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, there yeah. you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that, that, that's over several console generations. <laughs> yeah, and the uh, final result ended up being complete crap as well. So. Well, that's that's arguable. It's for for what yeah. it was. I mm. think that, I'm still glad that it came out, but yeah, yeah sure. Actually, let's move on. Let's not talk about. Yeah. <laughs> we're not we're not Duke Nukem Forever haters, but uh, yeah, let's just move on. <laughs> yeah, because that's 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 that's, a, that's just a can of worms that's been opened up. And closed yep. back in Pandora's box does not need to be brought back out again for the discussion. Exactly. Um, Kirby's Adventure Wii, awesome. Yeah. M moving on, pick it up if you can because it, it's 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 a hard game to find and it it's going to be one of those games that retains its value if you are a collector. And I'm sure it's a very good game to play as well. Uh, I picked up uh, Forbidden Siren Two on the PS2. Which is a uh, survival horror game. I know nothing about the f uh, Forbidden Siren games and what what other name they go by in Japan or or uh, Europe or or uh, North America. But um, is it looks... is that the um, the the horror game where you use the camera? No, that's uh, that's Project Zero. Ah, oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Never mind then. Yeah. Uh, no, this one. I'm not sure. Uh, I can see a girl holding a flashlight. So, oh, let me read the blurb. From the island of darkness, a siren calls. A group of strangers are approaching the mysterious Japanese island of Yamijima. When a blood... Uh, okay, never mind. When a, <laughs> when a blood red tsunami pitches their boat into the waves. Whoa! Those did it actually did say whoa on the... No. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, it didn't. Uh, those that survived the storm may soon wish they hadn't 29 years ago. The, ha the inhabitants of Yajimejima <laughs> uh, vanished during a blackout, uh, leaving the island of darkness guarded by creatures of the netherworld. Each survivor is unwittingly entwined in the island's gruesome past and must now defend themselves with any weapon they can find. To stay alive, they must also learn to sight jack. That's in quotes. A unique ability to see through the eyes of others, including the enemy, thus foreseeing the unspeakable horrors that lie in store for them. So that's interesting. That reminds me of that um, that GameCube game that came out where you could jack into the minds of others. Eternal Darkness. No, not Eternal Darkness. It's a different really? game. Uh, um, uh, I, I can't remember. Oh, uh, Geist. Geist. Yeah, Geist. That's it. Yeah. So there's that, but it's more of a survival horror, so I'll give that a go at some point for the PS2, Forbidden Siren 2. Uh, now, uh, this was something I, I, I've been trying to hunt around for lately, uh, and I'm glad that uh, I've finally stumbled upon it. They're actually... Uh, that, that, that is the uh, game Ghost Trick, Phantom Detective for the DS. Now, I, I, I thought there wasn't an, an Australian print for this, but there actually was. It was just very, very, very limited. Maybe a couple of thousand copies. Mm. Uh, and so I managed to pick up a copy of that. And uh, it's supposed to be one of the best games on the DS within its yeah, later so lifespan. And uh, once I get around to that, I'll let you know what it's like. But it looks very, uh, very unique. Uh, I picked up Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney Justice for All, which I believe is... The second game in the series. It is. Currently collecting those, so I was glad to find that. Uh, yeah. No, the, uh, the Phoenix Wright games are becoming some of the rarest, uh, or the Ace Attorney games are becoming some of the rarest to find for uh, European territories at the moment. For the DS. 
So uh, I'm trying to pick those up now before they become stupid price. <laughs> and I, I do love the Ace Attorney series of games. Oh yeah, me too. Uh, I can't remember if I covered this last time, but uh, I'm I'm trying to collect all the Mario and Luigi games for the DS, which are the uh, yeah the handheld series that started in the the Game Boy Advance of uh, Mario yeah, RPGs. Yeah, that's right. And they're really great. They 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 developed by a whole different team, uh, Alpha Dream. Yep. And they're really fantastic games. They're quite funny. They they involve Mario and Luigi speaking a lot of gibberish all the time, which is yeah. appeals to my sense of humor. But yeah, I picked up Mario and Luigi Partners in Time, which I used to have, and now I have again. Uh, it's become quite a hard game to track down. Uh, I now have all the games in the series, so I'm quite happy about that. I just need well, I I have an I have a loose copy of uh, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga on the GBA. I'd like to find a. Uh, complete version at some point, but it's it, it proves quite tricky and uh, costly to do so. Uh, on a whim, because it was very cheap, I picked up uh, Atelier Ravona, the Alchemist of Ireland, on yeah. the PS3. Now that's a uh, it's a crafting RPG uh, developed by uh, or at least released by NIS uh, America uh, to all to all uh, regions. Now it's. I've never played a crafting RPG, RPG. so um, we'll, see what it's, we'll see what it's like. It's it's it's, it's it seems to be quite unique. It's it's, it's very text based, or at least very. Uh, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of talking going on, but uh, in my, uh, it's it's going to be a game that will appeal to my weird sense of aesthetic taste, or am I either going to hate it? So let's let's see what it's like. I hear that. Uh, Atelier Tutori is is better out of the two than your one, but uh, uh, yeah, NIS they they bring out very specific types of JRPGs that don't appeal to everyone, but appeal to they they they're basically super niche RPGs. Um, so yeah, this is this is my attempt in trying to get into NIS JRPGs. Uh, so let's find out if I like it. Uh, it was developed by Gust Incorporated, I think. That's Atelier Rorona. Now, getting to something that I'm actually playing at the moment, uh, that is Okamiden for the, uh, DS. Now, I said in nice. uh, the last episode that I, I finally found a copy that worked, an Australian copy, um, amongst all the bootlegs that were out there, and uh, I've been playing, I've been playing the hell out of this game, and I love it. Um... Mm. Martin, you need to play this game. Absolutely. Be, yeah, being, the Oka- being the Okami fan- fans that we are, it's it's a true sequel. Uh, it's set, I forget how long, maybe 20 years or 100 years in the future. No, yeah, 20 years in the future from the uh, from the end of the original Okami. <clears throat> and uh, it really pushes the, uh, the DS's hardware limitations. And if you can, play it on a DSi XL. Uh, because the frame rate will be better and bigger screen and just better experience, basically. Uh, DSi XLs have just gone down in price again recently. You can get them for about 130 bucks, I think. Uh, yeah, Okami Den, fantastic. Everything about it, great. Uh, obviously, the uh, they had to sort of reduce the bit rate on the music and sound a lot to be able to fit it into the cartridge, because it's really pushing the limits of what, what the cartridge can handle. But, um... Yeah, it's amazing. You know, it's it's just like Okami, visiting some new locations and re- revisiting some old familiar locations. Uh, very similar game to the original, uh, which is only a good thing in my books. And uh, on the on the on the notes of Okami, I, I bought a bunch of uh, I bought uh, I made a small shipment from CDJapan.co.jp just recently. Um, some Japanese artists that I'm rather fond of, but I also managed to pick up, which has now proven to be quite a rare and expensive CD, uh, Okami Piano Arrange, mm. uh, which is piano arrangements of uh, the original Okami that um, I believe uh, it was put out by a label called Soleputa, and it was it was it was originally I know it was originally. Uh, Released on a on a um, Capcom's uh, web shop, but they did do, they did do some Japanese distribution of it as well. 
And uh, if you look on eBay, you'll find that copies are costing about sixty to a hundred dollars. And don't pay that much for it. Go to CG, go to cdjapan.co.jp, and you'll pay about three thousand yen for it. And um, uh, it's uh, it's arranged and performed by uh, Mika Matsuda, who I've never heard of before, but she's an amazing uh, 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 pianist. And uh, it's 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 something that I've been listening to on MP3 for the past few years, and it's been one of my favorite. Uh, musical releases of the past uh, three years, I think, to be honest. And I finally have an actual copy, and it's beautiful. I can only... It comes with my highest recommendation. It's uh, Okami Piano Arrange. Even the original soundtrack is awesome. Yeah, that's that's that comes in a really nice 4-CD kind of box yeah. with, uh, with um, sort of... It's very unique packaging. I can only really... Uh, liken it to the Björk Family Tree release that came out all those years ago in, in that sort of uh, pink plastic sort of clamshell. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those are my pickups. It's like I'm, it's like I've become the Australian Pete Dore. Yeah, so that's what I've been playing lately. <sighs> What's news, Martin? What's news? What's ca- mm. uh, the the P- the PS Vita's just around the corner? Oh, it is. Yeah. Um, I'll probably be picking one up uh, from the states at some point whenever there is a well uh, appealing release. Not sure. that I I, ha- I haven't really seen uh, that much uh, like like list of games coming out for the PS Vita, but I imagine there be at least one or two titles that'll be appealing to me. So well, there's a new Katamari game coming out. Okay, then definitely that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're big, we're big Katamari Damashi fans here. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Na, 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 na. Katamari Damashi. Yeah, so that's coming out, and there's the there's a new pers- there's Persona Four reworked for the PS Vita coming out. That's going to be one to pick up. There's the Persona Fighter, which will be excellent. And uh, there's the Uncharted game as well. I'm a big fan of the Uncharted series. I still haven't picked up number three yet. That's going to be those games when, when I actually do pick it up, I'll set everything else aside and just play nothing <laughs> but that, basically. Uh, I'm still fighting my way through Yakuza 4 at the moment. Uh, oh, I've been going nuts with Steam lately, actually. I've, I've never even noticed... I've never even mentioned that I go, I, I'm a big PC gamer as well and uh, that, I, that I go absolutely nuts on the Steam sales. Um... As you guys remember, there was the uh, the holiday sale back in December. Uh, that every day they would have these ridiculous sales, and I picked up so much stuff. And um, yeah, I'm not even gonna bother to go through the list because it is literally a list of maybe 50 games that I spent almost nothing on. Uh, but th- that did include the ID pack, which had every ID game ever released, all the way from Commander Keen to Rage. And uh, wow. every, that's include all, all the Doom games, all the Quake games, Hex and Heretic, everything, uh, for about forty bucks. That's including Rage, so that was crazy. For, for, for yeah, forty-five bucks. It was it was nuts. Uh, I was recently playing uh, Sonic and Sega All Star Racing uh, <laughs> on the PC, and that is actually a fucking excellent game. It it it, it controls so well. It's 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 better than most of the uh, Mario Karts, not including Mario Kart 64 and Mario Kart 7, in my opinion. It's it's fantastic, and anything that would sell it to you, Martin, the listeners out there, you can play, you can race as Ryo Hazuki. On yeah, I know that. <laughs> and it, he has a special move where he gets on uh, where he gets on the uh, forklift. So there's that. No, it's it's a great game. The levels are amazing. I I recommend. Because you, you still need to get Steam, don't you, Martin? I, I know I know people around you are pestering you to get it. Yeah, yeah, I still have yet to get Steam. That's true. Yeah, no, get get Steam, get Sega All Stars Racing. I got it just recently on a sale where it was like ten bucks. Actually, it was twenty five bucks, which also uh, included uh, Sonic Generations, which I'll play at some point. Uh, but yeah, definitely recommend it. You should get it. We should play it online. It's got to happen. Actually, we'll 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 end up once we get it rolling a bit more. We'll set up some uh, gaming cult co- gaming cult podcast uh, game days where we we all play stuff over 3ds or Steam or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, look us look us up on Facebook. Add us. Talk to us on there. We'll 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 get to play some games with you guys. Absolutely. 
but yeah, Sega All Star Racing. It's a uh, two thumbs up. Now, did you uh, did you read just recently? Uh, there was a lot of there was a lot of hype and rumors about a new Neo Geo handheld held coming out. No, actually not. Um, really? <laughs> enlighten me. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, just recently there was uh, a lot of news going about that uh, SNK Playmore would be releasing a new handheld. And, uh, you know, there was, there was a lot of backing and forthing. Is this existing? Is this not existing? At the point of recording, which is the, uh, the 11th of February 2012, it seems to be that it's going to be a handheld that comes out with uh, a bunch of preloaded Neo Geo games in it, which is official. Mm. It'll be an official release, which will be cool, you know, and it comes with a mechanical joystick like the Neo Geo Pocket uh, came with. Oh, yeah. uh, so if that does actually happen, it's still sort of at semi-rumor stage at the moment. There's been pictures released. Uh, that would be cool, but uh, no word as to whether it would actually uh, involve any new game releases. Uh, Probably or, not. Which would be fucking awesome, you know, if they if they really started releasing uh games on the which which would emulate the Neo Geo hardware on this new handheld. Sure. Uh, in that old low res sort of uh twenty four bit <laughs> That's right. Twenty four yeah. bit bitches. Uh what else have I been playing? I've been playing Jamestown, which is like a uh, a bullet hell shoot 'em up on the PC. Mm. With a with a story, would you believe? It's an indie game. Uh I, I can't remember who it's developed by actually. Uh, but yeah, Jamestown. It's fantastic. High recommendations on Jamestown. I think it was just developed by one guy. Wow. Yeah. Been playing a bit of Commander Keen. You gotta love the Commander Keen. Oh, uh, Peggle. Uh, I, I've uh, I'm still addicted to Peggle. Have you ever played Peggle, Martin? <laughs> no, I haven't. Get but Peggle. I know what it is. Yeah, just get Peggle. Just give it a go. If you're thinking, oh, it's just going to be one of those casual games, just just try it out, because it's just... It's the most addictive thing I've played since Puzzle Bubble. <laughs> well, Martin, that brings us to the end of the Gaming Cold podcast this time around. Yes. It's been lovely to have your, uh, your company, as always. Thank you. <laughs> and, um, Very formal. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yes. Uh, I approve. Uh, well, if you'd like to get in contact with us, you certainly can through uh, the Gaming Cult Podcast, uh, GamingCultPodcast at gmail.com, or you can uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, we have a blog spot, uh, look us up on Google, add us on Facebook, Gaming Cult Podcast. Uh, until then, I've been Jake from the Bitchface Rex Games show on YouTube. And I've been Martin from the um, Nightshade Wine channel on YouTube. Until next time, see you then. Bye.